Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to bry or fine dine, this is Essen Fresen with Adrian Bagati. It's all about the food. Good morning and welcome to the Essen Fresen show. I am Adrian Bagati, your host. Um, we're still looking at meal planning this week. Last week we spoke about how I go about meal planning and the fact that food bills are going up rather than down, but salaries are not keeping up to match with it. And sometimes the end of the month is just really far away. And obviously January is a much longer budget month than usual because most of us who are earning salaries get paid at least two weeks early and therefore your salary now lasts, needs to last you six weeks instead of just four. I'm going to continue to share how meal planning reduces my food bills and also my food waste and how to go about meal planning. I'm also going to share my favorite budget summer-friendly soup recipe and talk about an underrated spice called nutmeg. So if you would like to share any of your budget ideas, your favorite recipes or ingredients, or even have a question about a specific ingredient, a specific spice, or a specific method of cooking that you find in recipes, please let us know. You can SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. You can also send a telegram on 061-895-1019 or email us at info at highfm.com. So I'm going to start with my spice ingredient for this week. Now, it started out as only talking about nutmeg, and then I found out something I didn't know about nutmeg, which I've been using for years. Nutmeg is from dark-leaved evergreen trees, and they are cultivated for two spices from its fruit. The nutmeg, which is its seed, and mace, which is the seed covering. Now, I've had mace in my cupboard for ages, and I didn't realize they were from the same tree. The scent is quite similar, um, but that's with a lot of things. You'll get two that are quite close together, so you never know. And then I thought, well, then I'm going to have to cover both in today's show because nutmeg and mace are the same thing. Well, same tree. So the first thing is that nutmeg is used mostly in baked goods, confections, puddings, potatoes, meats, sausages, sauces, and other things, including drinks. Mace, which is the spice made from the reddish seed covering of the nutmeg, has a very similar flavor to nutmeg, but it's a very more subtle, light, delicate flavor and it's also used to flavor baked goods, meat, fish, and vegetables. We also use it in pickling spice, so for preserving other stuff. Now, although mace and nutmeg are typically used in Indonesian food where it grows, they are both extensively used in European cooking, especially in potatoes and spinach dishes, in processed meats, they are also used in soups and sauces and baked goods. It's also commonly used in rice pudding. So in Dutch cuisine, nutmeg is added to vegetables such as Brussels sprouts, cauliflower and string beans. 
Nutmeg is an additional traditional ingredient in mulled cider, mulled wine, junket and eggnog. In Scotland, mace and nutmeg are usually both ingredients in haggis. And for those who've never had haggis, you're in for a non-treat. Um, unless you've really grown up with it. Haggis is not something that you would want to be tasting too often. It is a version of tripe and it is very traditional to um, Scotland. So basically um, Scotch haggis is very delicate local dish made from intestines and other stuff like that. It's a sheep's pluck, which is your stomach and your intestines, onions, oatmeal, suet, spices, salt, stock, and then cooked in case in the animal stomach. So, um, yeah, now it's apparently done in an artificial um, casing, kind of like our kosher burros. But the problem is that it is still made with um, what they call sheep's pluck. So I'll let you try that, not me. In Italian cuisine, nutmeg is used as part of the stuffing for many regional meatful dumplings, like tortellini, as well as for the traditional meatloaf. Nutmeg is a common spice for pumpkin pie and in recipes for other winter squashes, such as baked acorn squash, not something we get here. In the Caribbean, nutmeg is often used in drinks such as bushwhacker, painkiller, and Barbados rum punch. Generally, it's typically just sprinkled on top to enhance the flavors. I use nutmeg in today's budget recipe, so you'll keep that for you. And then I also use it when making cheese sauce. I find it just adds a little dimension to the cheese sauce that is really good. Now, there are some health benefits to nutmeg, and I, as always, I've got my information from healthline.com. Nutmeg contains antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties. It is also said to be good for your libido, has antibacterial properties, and thought to help with heart health, boost your mood, and improve your blood sugar control. So if you're a diabetic, it is a good spice to have in your cupboard obviously the kind of quantities that you would want to use for health control and health benefits you would need to use massive massive doses of the stuff so a small little bit every day onto your meal should work just fine i am adrian yopogati and i would like to remind you to share your budget ideas favorite recipes or ingredients with us please you can send your messages by sms on 34519 sms's are charged at 1 rand 50 you can send a telegram on 061-895-1019 or email us at highfm info at highfm.com whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to bry or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Okay, and today's recipe for the is a budget, summer-friendly one, and it uses nutmeg as its ingredient, and that is gem squash soup 
for those overseas, it is spaghetti squash. Okay, so one of the good things about uh, the gem squash soup is you can have it hot or cold. My family, as I've said previously, are big soup lovers. And they love cold soups in summer and warm soups in winter. But generally, they'll eat the soup any way you serve it. So it's always a pleasure to make soups. When in doubt, soup it is. Um, and sometimes, especially in winter, nothing beats a warm bowl of soup with some toast. So the gem squash soup, it makes about four to six people, depending on how big eaters you have. In my house, it only feeds four. It's six gem squash, salt and pepper to season, 600 mils of milk. You can substitute almond milk or soy milk if you would like. One level teaspoon of sugar. If you're going to use a sweetener, please use the equivalent to a level teaspoon of sugar. Uh, sorry, tablespoon of sugar. And this recipe definitely needs that sweetness. Then half a tea level teaspoon of ground nutmeg. And you've got cream to add if you would like. So you're going to boil your gem squash in lightly salted wet water until the gem squash is cooked. This usually takes 20 to 30 minutes. Now I do like to cut my gem squash in half when I'm boiling them. I just find it cooks quicker. But if you prefer them whole, that's also okay. You're going to remove the seeds and then scoop out the soft flesh into your blender. You want to liquidize it until it's fairly smooth. Add your sugar, your milk and your ground nutmeg. Return it to the stove and simmer for a further five minutes. Chill thoroughly. Like I said, we've had the soup warm and it was actually really good. But it is definitely better if you can put it in the fridge for a couple of hours so it's nice and cold. And then you can always add a bit of whipped cream to just make it look pretty. I have to admit, I've never done the whipped cream. I have added cream. I just haven't whipped it up before. And the soup is around 60 rand if you make it and you use the cream. Um, and it works up to 10 to 12 rand per person, which is a really good price for a soup. Now, the soup is perfect to make early in the day and depending on your load shedding schedule, obviously. You can then make it for supper later that night and have it ready and also it's great for Shabbos supper when your load shedding happens to be e either at 6 to 8 or 8 to 10 either way it's going to interfere with supper so a nice cold soup does help and it can be ready uh, the truth is when I made this one though my timing was a little off and I felt a bit like master chef contestant where um, it's you have five minutes to your cook left before lights go out and you've got to be finished. So um, I landed up having to put it through a sieve instead of being able to blend it. And it was, wasn't obviously as smooth as I normally make it, but it was still delicious. So there you go. If you don't have a blender, it can be done through a sieve with a wooden spoon especially if you've cooked it soft enough. 
Once again, I want to remind you, if you have any budget ideas, favorite recipes, ingredients, or any questions on terminology, on ingredients in food, please let us know. You can send a message on an SMS on 34519, and SMSs are charged at 150. You can also send a telegram message on 061-895-1019 or email us at info at highfm.com. So now we're talking about budgets. And last week I shared how I find out who's eating what on whichever diet they're in or phase they're passing through so that I can find recipes that the majority will like. And I do that, as I said, I used to do it every three months. I'm going to be able to cut back as most of my family have kind of grown and settled into their likes and dislikes and they don't change quite as often as they used to. So that's an important thing. I then use my meal plan template, which was or is at the moment vegan Mondays, taco Tuesdays, which is kind of actually mincemeat Tuesdays, vegetarian Wednesdays, and then I alternate between chicken and meat on Thursday and Friday. Weekends are for leftovers or takeouts, budget permitting, or whatever may want a turn in my kitchen. So what I mean by whoever may want a turn in my kitchen is that we have, obviously my son-in-law is a chef, and then I have um, some friends, obviously, who of his, who are chefs who would like to practice their kosher cooking, we have an on-site mashkiach or two, so it's easy to be done. And sometimes we get some amazing suppers and sometimes some pretty good suppers. But everybody's got to learn. And then my family also, every now and again, can be tempted into taking a turn at the cooking. So it doesn't always have to be me. Now, um, one of the things that you need to remember with the meal plan template and your meal planning is you don't always have to start on a Monday. You can actually start on a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday, whichever suits you better, whichever specials are available for that week. And those usually come out, I think, also midweek. If you are a person who is getting food from Yad, then Wednesday would be a good day. Um, I'm not sure if Yad is still selling the book, but there was a cookbook called uh, Out of the Box. Uh, oh, sorry, What's in the Box? And it was all recipes based on ingredients that are often found in the Yad box. So that was something interesting to try. Right, once you know what everybody wants and who's doing the cooking, you can obviously plan your menu, um, your meal plan. So once I've plotted all that, I've found all my recipes, I put them together, I now begin to draw up my shopping list. Once I have my shopping list, I begin the torturous part, for me anyway, is the actual shopping. I have found a way to get around that. Um, I hate going in store, so I found online works much better. And I did try out various shopping apps. So in the beginning, I used to do like a monthly, big monthly shop. I would plan my menus for the whole month. And then I'd do this big monthly shop for all the non-perishables um, and have those delivered to my house. One of the things I like about that is 
that you don't need plastic bags or packets. So if you've forgotten them, it's not a problem. And you also don't have millions of these things lying around your house. So I do order from that. Um, and then the weekly groceries, you can go in store um, and do that. One of the things that um, I've started doing now is the 60-minute delivery service. And I shop this way. So before I even start with that, I have to shop what's in my grocery cupboard. Um, and that is a very important step in the process. It's what do you have on hand? And the truth is you can use what you have in your grocery cupboard if you do an inventory to plan your meals and find your recipes based on what you've got. A lot of the recipe apps, you just type in your ingredient and they will find it for you. They'll find a recipe using that. But I like to shop at home first. So going through my fridge and freezer, pulling out the, or not pulling out the ingredients, but checking the ingredients that I have already at home. And that's going to make a huge difference. One of the things that I did discover is that I haven't been doing it as well as I should. And I've either got like nothing of things that I thought I had or like five things that I didn't know I had of the same. So so it's very important to do your inventory first and to do your shopping from your cupboard first. Once that's done, you know what ingredients, you then know what you need to buy. And um, what happens is I we finish supper, everybody's asleep, I get on my phone, I order my 60-minute delivery and beautiful already um, it's delivered to my house by 8.30 the next morning. I don't have to go shopping. The only time I really do shopping, I must admit, is for meat, uh, just because you need to know what kind of cuts. But if you're ordering things like roasts and mints, you can order by the size that you want. Even chickens can be done that way. I do find with it when I'm going to do a splurge recipe, so it's requiring things like chops or steaks, or you, you know, then I'm going to buy um, by going into the store, uh, and very carefully to not going to take a lot of money with me. So that's an important part. You are listening to the SN Fresen Show. I'm Adrian Bugatti, your host. Uh, if you have any suggestions or ideas or budget recipes that you would like to share with us if there's any questions you have around food or cooking, please let us know. You can SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. You can also send a telegram on 061-895-1019 or email us at info at highfm.com. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Okay, so we were talking about doing shopping and shopping at home and using the app to do shopping. So whichever app you decide to use, the same day service, the 60-minute service, or the one where you can book three days later, that is fine. Now, one of the things that I like about it is you can decide how you're going to shop. So the first thing is for me, when I'm shopping, I go by category. So I've got all my recipes. I've drawn up my shopping list. I page down. So I'll start, say, under A um, or 
so no, A would be appliances. So uh, fruit and vegetables. I do fruit first. Have a look what kind of fruit is in my recipes. If there's any fruit we need, I'm going to order for that week. So based on the recipe, also based on what you know your family likes as fruits and what you're going to put in your lunch boxes, I go through that. I then also go through like the vegetables doing the same way, what vegetables are required, what's fresh, what's canned, all those things. Um, another a- aspect of some of the apps is the specials are often up first. So, and they learn your, your shopping habits and stuff like that. So you can go onto those apps, you open up the specials and the specials are sometimes, you know, they're talking to you. They're things you use all the time. They're things you buy often. So it's a perfect time to use it. And that's exactly what I do. I go through the specials and then I order the vegetables and the fruit and canned goods. And as I work through my pantry goods, my pastas and stuff, looking specifically for specials, obviously, um, because we're kosher, the specials obviously have to be kosher. But if you're not kosher, there are a lot of specials available then as well. So it's a good thing to have and it's easy to use. I've placed my order. Now you need to be careful because generally most people aren't going to use the full 30 items or whatever their limits are. You can just order. But when you have a big family, say like for myself... The ordering of 30 items can be a little tricky. One of the tricks I have learned is that it is 30 individual items. So if you buy a six-pack of water, say, I'm just, you know, thinking about that, it is still considered one item. So that's a nice, easy thing. But I'm ordering milk. I'm ordering like five two-liter milks and five breads at one time. So already we've got 10 items taken care of before I've even turned around. So those are some of the things you do need to think about when you're ordering. Another important step in your apps and in choosing what your ingredients is, is remembering to do substitutions. So be careful with substitutions. Some of the apps, the shops will substitute themselves unless you specify no substitutions. And that's where mistakes happen. You land up with ingredients you don't actually want, brands you can't use or however it works. So I'm very careful to say either they must substitute or they mustn't supply it at all. And I find that I generally don't have any problems. Now, if you're doing the shopping at the end of the month, you do need to be aware that people are paid between the 26th and the 1st. So Ingredients run out at stores from the 27th to the 3rd. You're going to find lots of shortages. So be careful to take that into account. Also, with load shedding, please be careful and take into account the kind of uh, fresh product use you're going to buy, making sure that it's not going to go off, and also things that you can use when you are load shedding. So that's an important step. So another thing with the specials, please be careful. When you're ordering, say, through an app, there's often things called a bundle deal. Now, a bundle deal will say if you buy this, that, and the other thing, you're going to get it as a reduced price. The problem is that if you don't need any of the other two ingredients, 
then you're wasting your money by trying to get the special because what are you going to do with the other two ingredients? You're going to have to give it away. So it's better to stick to the one that you do need. Another thing with specials is the two-for-one price or two and you only pay this amount or two and you get a 10% discount or three. If it's not an item that you use a lot of, it's not actually worth getting it. Buy one at a time. Especially if you're in a small place and you don't have a lot of storage space, then it's an important thing. Um, so for me, I'd say like if I, tomato sauce, say, for example, was on special and it said buy three and you only pay 50 rand, some ridiculous amount, I would definitely buy three. In fact, I'd probably buy six. It's a long shelf life. I have the storage space and we go through about a bottle of tomato sauce a month. So it's well worth my while buying six. For, it's going to last me. So those are important ideas keeping in mind when you are shopping. Uh, another thing is that you've got to look at the size of the items on sale. If you're buying for one person and it's a five kilo packet of something that is on special, Buying the five kilos is not really worth your while unless you have storage space, freezer space, whatever it is. So something like buying five kilos of flour, unless you are an avid baker, five kilos of flour is, is a long lot of flour. And if you can't keep it in the freezer, you are going to run the risk of getting insects. And please note, except for the very fine sieve, those insects can often be sifted through your normal strainers or sifters that you use. So that's quite an important factor to take into account. Another thing to remember when buying these deals is, yes, it may be on special, but say, um, and I did see it, there was iced tea on special. I'm still not sure. The cans are kosher, but the box is not, so I haven't worked that out. But... I thought about the boxes. It's a three-liter box of iced tea with a tap on it. At the rate that my family goes through the iced tea cans, when I do buy them, and it's not often, it's not worth me buying those big things because it's just going to get used up within a day. Three liters will be gone in a day, and that can work out expensive even on a special one of the nice things that I have learned with some of the apps is it kind of shows you how much you're saving. So when you get your total at the bottom, it'll show a basket and it will say, you saved X amount. And by doing the online shopping and by looking at the specials first, planning my meals around that, I often save about 10% of my bill. So if I say spent 1200 I will often find that it'll say you saved 120 rand, you saved 130 rand, whatever it is. So that's a nice thing to keep track of. I like being able to see that. And the more you use these apps, the more they get to know what you like and dislike. And it'll often come up with things that, oh, wait, I haven't got that on my list. I'm sure I need it. Let me quickly go check. And that's what's nice about online shopping is you can go check what's in your cupboard you think you need something, let's just go check and then come back. And obviously for me, the online shopping means I can get it done quickly. So 
a weekly shop will take me maybe 20 minutes at the most. I haven't had to get in my car, so petrol. With the price of petrol, that's always a bonus, not spending petrol. Paying the car guard, um, I don't have to feel guilty if I don't have any money on me. So I don't have to pay the car guard. And then I don't have to deal with grumpy um, talk cashiers and things like that. Um, everybody's smiling because there's no one there. I can go in my pajamas so I can be comfortable with my cup of tea or coffee, whatever you're drinking, and just relax in my bed doing that. So that's why I really, really like online shopping. So it's an important thing to think about when we're doing it. And what are you comfortable? I know there are people who love going shopping. Now, going shopping for me, you know, I'm an in and out kind of person. So going into a store actually becomes a social event. I don't know if you guys have found that. You bump into pretty much everybody you know. And my shopping, which would take me half an hour at home, is now going to take me at least an hour. For those with school-aged children, that can be a problem because you might have lift schemes, but now you've bumped into people that you know, people that you haven't seen for a long time. This way, you can do your shopping without worrying about lift schemes and forgetting stuff, and it just allows a little bit more freedom as far as I'm concerned. So when online shopping first came out and there was only one place that was delivering it, you had to book three days in advance, that was a bit of a learning curve, obviously, because they would still, obviously, they would substitute or they'd deliver the wrong thing and you would have to then go in store to go replace it. But also the fruit and vegetables that were available online weren't of a great quality. That has obviously changed. So whether you do your Woolworths shop or checkers or pick and pay, it makes no difference. You can choose the ingredients you actually want. You can tell them to substitute or not substitute. That is up to you. And you're getting what you've ordered. And then, as I said, I go once a week to the shops when I'm not making color to go, obviously go buy color because those are not available online. Uh, that you have to remember. Also, kosher meat not available to shop online, but most of the online shops do have meat that you can have delivered. You don't even have to go look at it for meat and fish, even fresh fish if you really want. So it's an important thing to know. Um, some stores do have websites that you can order, um, your butcheries and stuff, depending on the butchery that you're using. But for the most part, it is better to go in. One of the things I also liked about online shopping is you can use your loyalty rewards points. You're not going to miss out on any of those. However, when all these stores do their sticker campaigns, that is when you will need to go in and get them because a lot of them don't send their stickers in the online shopping. So it's something for you to remember. A little tip for when you're buying meat or mince meat or whatever is you base it on around about 250 grams of meat per person and you can kind of work out what you need, so for a roast or things like that. It is important though that you remember if you're doing, if you're ordering say your roast and it's for Friday night supper, you've got say six people for supper, 
that 250 grams is going to change because if you're only doing the roast, then you want 250 grams per person. If you're doing chicken and a roast, then you're looking at like 200 grams a person. So you need to adjust. If you're doing last week's mince recipe, it asks for 500 grams. But if you're adding the beans and oatmeal, that drops down to 300 grams, which is quite a big savings. So looking at ways to stretch your budget is a definite important look at how much to order and what to order. You don't want to land up ordering more than you need. Another thing that will reduce your food bill is to only buy fruit that is in season. The imported fruits and fruits that are out of season are and cultivated in hothouses, first of all, are either more expensive or just don't have the same flavors. So it's very important when you're meal planning is to keep it seasonal, keep it fresh, and keep the cost down. That is definitely going to work. If you would like to share your budget-friendly ideas, favorite recipes, ingredients, if you have a question on any of the cooking terminology, if you've got a question about any spices or any suggestion, once again, please can you send us an SMS on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send a telegram on 061-895-1019 or email us at info at highfm.com. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Welcome back, and um, it's obviously time for our kosher updates from around the world. Something you need to remember, please, to check the hefer that is on the products if it's approved by your rabbi um, or the South African Bethden before you buy it. So, Soma Vegan Milks has been added to the list. These, um, please just check that, you know, it needs if it needs a hefer or not. Then the Woolworths Air Popped Popcorn is kosher. Chickpea chips, the sea salt and black pepper. Woolworths Milk Coated Honey, Chocolate Coated Honeycomb. Woolworths Onion Rings, uh, 32GI Ensure Tabs and 32GI Hydrate Tabs are now kosher. Absolute Organics Coconut Range is kosher. The Far Bar Race Food Bars, also newly now kosher. Uh, Health Connection Gluten-Free Brownie Mix, uh, no, Gluten-Free Brown Flour Mix is kosher. Your Lifestyle Food Sweetness Stick Sachets are kosher. Mrs. Sweetheart's Date Syrup and Cocoa's Date Spread. Nando's Peri Peri Bag and Bake. Brandini Milk Cream and Butter are now kosher. Wheat Bix breakfast biscuits are kosher. Um, unfortunately, the kosher website does not say whether they are parav or milchik, so you need to check that. Then brew kombucha is kosher. Caring candy sucrose-free white chocolate, I'm assuming, is milchik. Kui soft drinks, so um, they are kosher. Divine Danone yogurt is kosher. Um, I didn't know that was new. Bloss, Epic Blossom Bake 70% Fat Spread, kosher. Heartland Gluten-Free Corn Flakes, kosher. 
Juice Revolution soups are kosher. And the delicious Lawnswood double yogurt, double cream yogurts are also now kosher. The, the smooth ones. Uh, Nesame Caramel Gold, the Kit Kat and Aero are kosher. Nomu Holiday Baking Spice, so I'm going to assume that's a cinnamon one. One Juice, and they make absolutely beautiful little juice shots, that is kosher. Your Pepsi Max Vanilla and Pepsi Max Lime are kosher. Pissarro Cocktail Syrup, Sip and Savor, that has become kosher. Pick and Pay Soy Milk is now also kosher. Rockstar Energy Drink is kosher. Sarah Williams Assorted Chocolate Bag. Score GT Sugar Free Energy Drink. Sip and Save a Frise Latte Mix. Spa Salted Butter. This one does not need a hexha on it. West Ovalia Avocado Chili Oil. The Woolworths Beetroot Wraps. Woolworths Sparkling Flavored Spring, uh, Spring Drinks. Woolworths Streaky Crackles. Woolworths taco shells. Please just check with the Woolworths products. I know their nachos are molchik, so just check that their tacos are not as well. Woolworths triple cho- caramel ice cream. Woolworths vegan milk. Ooh, those are kosher. And that is the update for the South African kosher market. We will move on to the meat uh, overseas market. As always, my op- um Updates from around the world come from kashrut.com. Um, as uh, it's a source where they collect all these things. So there's an alert here from the South African Beth Den that I haven't seen on the UOS website. And that is January 20th, uh, 2023. Woolworths light meat shredded tuna with tomato and herb pouch is not kosher certified due to a problematic ingredient. Woolworths will be covering the Beth Den logo. If used, kashering is not um, required. The other flavors are all still kosher. Then it, wines from Israel from 2022. The wines from the Schmitzer year will start appearing in stores. Some will say Heta Mechira and some will say Otzer Beth Den. So you need to check those. Um, so please be advised about that. Also, some of the wines selling in the U.S. here, it says from Chicago Rabbinical Council, 2015 was a Schmitter year. Please, anyone who has purchased the wine, treat it with the specific laws of Kedushas Shavis. The wines will have the words Otzer Beth Den in Hebrew on the label. Um, so that's an important thing, aspect to know. Then London Best in Kashrut up nose, so Dulc, uh, Dolce Gusto. The Nescafe Dolce Gusto pods for the coffee machines are Parov. Um, and they're now certified dairy even with the logo. And those flavors are the coconut flat white, oat flat white, and almond flat white. They used to be labeled Parov. They are now labeled dairy so please be aware of that um, and London Beth Den please check your book or your online guide they have listed their Schmitter dates of products there then from Seattle there is an FDA um, allergy 
There is undeclared peanuts in a limited number of skinny dip dark chocolate nut products. Please check that those are. Then correct cultural information on Talenti dairy free sorbetos. Um, it is kosher Hof K and OU. So the company is using the old packaging with the OUD. The Hof K is certifying a lot of them as dairy equipment and the certification has just happened. So please be aware of that. Then the Mexican Kashrut Alert. Um, this is translated. The Vermex brand no longer have our supervision. So that is from Mexico. Um, it's written, so it's V-E-R-M-E-X is the spelling. Quorum Industries issued an allergy alert on undeclared peanuts in peanut butter hot chocolate. Well, I'm a bit confused about that because it says it in the name, but apparently they didn't put it on the ingredients. Uh, Fule Fresh issues a correction on alfalfa sprite recall because of a possible health risk. So they've detected a sugar toxin producing E. coli. Um, and so some of them were shipped to Florida. Please check on their webpage for the correct ones. Plantation candies of Telford, Pennsylvania under the certification of Star Koi, previously under Rabbi Kaplinsky, has had its certification revoked, effective immediately due to cashless violations. All products manufactured by Plantation Candies, even when bearing the Star K or Kaplinsky kosher symbol, should be considered not kosher. And that is our kosher updates from around the world. Um, I hope that has helped you. Please have a wonderful warm week and we will chat next week. This is Adrian Bugatti on the Essen Fresen Show and have a fantastic day.